Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 211. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road. I drink a beer, Andy. <laughs> I can drink a beer. I'm in my own home. <laughs> and he's back from playing competitive bocce ball tournaments in Morocco, Tony Katz. Yes, thank you. It's good to be back. The weather is a lot better here than it is in Morocco. I mean, it's it was hot in Morocco. Sorry, am I... Uh, it's been a while. We, we could we could be further back. Oh, okay. Well, see, I'm not He's so very excited. <laughs> for the people that do remember my voice, I uh, haven't been on this podcast since probably it's safe to say October. I would. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm over here at Andy's for the first time, and he's got a microphone that even like the Beatles would be jealous of. I think it's a very high def, nice microphone. And you know apparently, what? I don't need to be that it's, close. It's it's for you. You know what it's called? No. An Elgato. Oh, the cat. The cat. Oh. I do like the cat. Tony Gatto is what I'm known from when I visit Mexico. That's your bocce ball name, ever. isn't it? Yeah, Tony Gatto. <laughs> but uh, it's good to be back. I'm going to try to be on, obviously, more than I obviously have been because I got a second job in the evening. So typically, I didn't really know when I was going to be off. But now I know that I'm usually off work around 7 at the latest these days. So should be good to be on more, hopefully. Yeah. Well, we at least have two episodes uh, for you that we're going to – we're doing normal sports, and then we're going to do a uh, MLB special preview episode Ooh. Uh, after that. So uh, that'll just be us two. We're going to let Sean, uh, you know, get to sleep here. With uh, with um, special guest Freddie Freeman. <laughs> no, not quite. Oh. But we'll talk about him maybe. Okay. Maybe. Well uh, – Do you want to start with some NFL? Yeah, let's, let's start with some NFL. Uh, I think the the first thing we have to talk about is the Deshaun Watson story, and by talk about it, I mean like uh, let it rest. Let's let's give it some time. But uh, it is now sixteen lawsuits that have been filed uh, against him uh, regarding sexual assault, uh, various things. It's related to massages he is getting uh, from people at his home. Oh boy! <laughs> Sometimes it's tough to say no to those massages. Well, his lawsuits can get a permit to drive now. And, and the, the the lawyer who's representing all the women said he's working with law enforcement. So, so we don't know. We don't know yet. But it's it's plausible, at least, that he is uh, bringing people in who don't want to provide those services and then uh, asking for those services, which is like the pizza delivery guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on with that, but um, it's there and it's it's, you know, he's he's demanding to be traded good conspiracy is what if he faked the whole thing well there's a i know there's definitely been people out there that are saying the conspiracy is that these are people you know from houston to say he had relations with these girls or not is uh you know it could be possible but i mean was it forced stuff because i mean i just heard something the other day that one of these girls is claiming that he forced oral sex on her which is you know obviously if stuff like that is happening that is really serious but you know I also like, but what Andy was just saying, the conspiracy route is that they're trying to honestly maybe keep him in Houston. Cause I don't think Houston wants to see him leave and he wants to leave. And especially with, you know, I'm not, I know you guys talked about it with JJ Watt leaving, I'm sure gives him even more reason to want to leave. Cause that was the other superstar on the team. So, or it's Houston or it's him trying to make Houston trade him because uh, the people that took over Houston, the, the whole story is that they're, 
he's like a, a, a minister or something. He's a spiritual advisor who's like kind of running the, the show there in Houston. Uh, so uh, he probably doesn't want sexual uh, abusers on his team. So so let's say this whole thing is fake and like we got to get rid of this guy. And then he's like, ah, I, pulled, I didn't do any of it. Um, but again, this is all terrible speculation that we don't know yet. So, Woof. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to move off the Deshaun Watson story and uh, finish up our NFL stuff yeah. with some free agents. Let's hear it. Uh, so we got some other uh, big free agent signings since last week. Uh, three corners signed of very similar deals. Uh, William Jackson of the Bengals is going to the Redskins. Or, God damn it. <laughs> Andy, the Washington team. That's like a dollar at least. Yeah. I remember they used to say that a long time ago on SportsCenter. That wasn't it some sort of fine if you called them the Devil Rays instead of the Rays or something. Maybe not yeah. a fine, but like a talking yeah. to. The San Diego Chargers, all that stuff. And yeah. uh, going- come into my office after this pot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they still don't have a name. Washington football team. Um, so William Jackson's going there. Shaq Griffin of the Seahawks is now going to the Jaguars. And Adoree Jackson of the Titans is headed to the Giants. Uh, they all signed for around three years, $40 million. So uh, good money, but short deals. Uh, the other three signings that I want to uh, talk about here, all wide receivers. So uh, the big one, Kenny Galladay, signing for uh, the biggest per dollar per year uh, money of any free agent so far, four years, $72 million with the Giants. Uh, he's, he's a great receiver when he plays, but I don't think he's like a top 10 receiver. I think he's a really big target. He's fun to watch, but then he's got injury problems. So also, it's it's tough to say because when you got a guy like Galladay, who and again he is a good wide receiver, but when he's on a team like Detroit, that typically is they like to pass the ball a lot, and he was behind in and they're behind in games a lot, which means you get a lot of those garbage time stats and whatnot. And then, but also just Stafford was throwing the ball, you know, thirty five times a game, so. That's not going to happen, I don't think, in New York because they have uh, Saquon Barkley's running back, so you're going to feed him a lot. But nonetheless, it is still nice to have what people would consider a number one wide receiver. I mean, he usually is top ten in a fantasy quarter and a fantasy wide receivers to start the season. So, nonetheless, it gives Daniel Jones, who will be going into his third season, a a top target to throw to. So, I'm excited to see what a uh, you know, can conspire from the Giants here in the future because you got or transpire. I mean, I don't even know what I just said. <laughs> well, just let me go with it. But because of um, having a top receiver in Galladay, having Daniel Jones, who I think is a solid quarterback. I mean, he at least makes things happen. And then you're going to have Saquon Barkley back, who missed the entire season to injury. So I don't know. We'll see how the Giants can do. I mean, we all know that the NFC East it took a what eight wins, seven and a half wins to win that division this year. So yeah. It's probably not going to be much improved. I don't think the Eagles are going to be any better. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's make or break year, I'd say, for Daniel Jones. Third year, now he's got weapons. you got to show uh, more than you had so far. Just show that you're a franchise guy. Um, all right, well, next up, uh, we got Curtis Samuel, formerly of the Panthers. He's signing with Washington as well. Three years, $35 million. Uh, he went to Ohio State. Terry McLaurin, their uh, number one there in Washington, went to Ohio State. So that's kind of... Uh, cool, although they used to have a Ohio State quarterback that they uh, not released. But uh, uh, it's a nice little number two there for Washington. I don't know what their quarterback situation is. They have Fitzpatrick there now. I don't know if he's going to start, but uh, Samuel's a good player. 
And then the uh, the last wide receiver signing, a little bit of a, of a surprise. Uh, everyone said he was done in Pittsburgh, but Juju Smith-Schuster's mm-hmm. coming back uh, on a one-year deal. Uh, you know, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I like Juju still. I mean, the Steelers historically have been known for always getting a new good wide receiver. And I mean, it seems like that's what they've already done. I mean, I remember I've been a Steeler fan since I was about 14 years old and I remember it was Heinz Ward then. And then after Heinz Ward, you know, I think it was Santonio Holmes that came in. And then after Santonio Holmes, it was like Mike Wallace. And then after Mike Wallace, it was Antonio Brown. And then after Antonio Brown, it was Juju Smith Schuster. And then now it seems like after Juju, they've got Claypool and whatnot. And then, you know, so they've, they're always just good with getting receivers. I mean, I guess, you know, we got the draft coming up. I, when is the draft? April? Yeah. So we'll have the draft coming up soonish, which who knows what they'll do in that draft also. But I'm okay with seeing Juju come back. I mean, Roethlisberger's probably going to do his last season here. And uh, we'll see if uh, how it goes. I mean, he'll take any help he can get. But I think just, I don't know. I think that's more concerning is just with having Roethlisberger back. <laughs> I just, as a Steeler fan, I mean, what I saw this last year was uh, obviously they started off like 11 and 0. It was a great start, but then they faded and like ended the season like 12 and 4 or whatever they ended up and then got annihilated in the first round to Cleveland. And Roethlisberger, just as the season went on, you could just tell he was, his arm just did not seem the same. And obviously with colder weather and stuff doesn't help. And then he was just throwing it too much, especially once James Conner got hurt. And I don't know, it's going to be, I mean, they're not a championship team. Signing Juju or not signing Juju, but they definitely need some help. I think the AFC is just getting too strong. So yeah, well, yeah, I know he was a fan favorite until this past year when he yeah. wasn't as productive. But well, also he started once TikTok came out is when uh it started hurting him because he would do those little stupid dances on like the middle of the field and it would be on the opponent's middle field and he just puts a target on his chest and then you know people would start talking shit to him during the games and start lighten him up and it was just like dude like and then finally and i'm glad it happened it was before the playoffs mike tomlin finally decided to coach this team and went up to juju and said hey no more doing that and so he did stop and obviously it didn't help but nonetheless yeah well uh moving on from the nfl uh we've got a lot of nba stuff that uh, happened uh the trade deadline was today uh we're gonna go over all those deals uh, a little bit later just want to talk about some other stuff that happened this past week, uh, starting with uh, Lamelo Ball is out for the year. Uh, he was the the front runner, I'd say, for Rookie of the Year. He was having a surprisingly like legitimate season. Like he did a whole lot of things uh, well for that team, and they're in the playoff race. And uh, well, now he's out for the season, so uh, that sucks. And what was the injury again? A uh, broken hand. Although I believe, I think I said he might not be out for the season, but it's like. Four to I, six weeks, one of those things. I mean, so, are they a playoff team this year? I haven't even been looking at the they're, they're around 500, so they're... Okay, which is... that? That's like a yeah. number three seed in the East, so <laughs> that should be... That should be good, but uh, I think that's probably why they are saying he's out for the season because of the fact that... I mean, we do forget that even though they've only played like 40-something games by now, we are already entering April in a week from today, so I think... Um, you know, you're, it's the season's almost done. I feel like we just... It almost shocks us, but... I mean, the playoffs, I guess, technically isn't the season. So maybe he, uh, if they were able to somehow sneak out of the first round or something, assuming they do make the playoffs, maybe he comes back. But I would assume, especially because he's young and, like, let's be realistic, the Hornets are not a championship team this year. 
no. maybe in four years, five years. But nonetheless, Lamelo has uh, looked good this year. I mean, it looks like he's yeah, he's, the he's best lived up to the hype. Which you know, it's funny because when you first see his highlight videos, you see this goofy looking fourteen year old, and you're like, ah, whatever. But you forget he was just a everybody at one point was a goofy looking fourteen year old. Let the guy live, I guess. And then now he's Tony. <laughs> what? Speak for yourself. <laughs> but now he's. 19 we'll call it i guess i don't know and then and he's he's done well and i mean he's gonna end up having a i would guess as of right now from what i can see a better career than his brother lonzo but yeah got to give a little bit of credit to lonzo ever since he went to new orleans he's done a little bit better i know he's been the hornet the pelicans are on tv a lot because i think because of zion williams williamson but uh lonzo from what i've seen the three-pointers looking good and whatnot but ever since lonzo and ingram went to the Pelicans, they both uh, Ingram's picked up their great. careers. Yeah, Ingram, that's what Ingram needed because Ingram was a good player and it just he wasn't a fit on the Lakers at the time and especially once LeBron came into town. But good for him for leading a, a young Pelicans team. I mean, that team is young. They're exciting. And they honestly are the number one team, in my opinion, that should be better than they always are. Like they've got some talent on that team and they just always find a way to still suck. They traded Redick. Oh, did they? Yeah, we, we spoilers. will. Spoilers, yeah. We will get to that. Because I was going to say, I saw some of the big trades today, but I'm looking at Andy's got a nice little board here, and I uh, have not seen uh, all of it yet. So I'm excited to you know, I was excited to see where these guys are going. <laughs> I know well, my voice projects here. I'm sorry. We will get to it. But uh, first, there was a a more significant injury, I would say, this, this week. Sean, uh, well, was... not this week, but Sean Bradley. Yeah. <laughs> He's paralyzed. I don't want to talk about that. That was in January. Yeah. Wait, did uh, he really get hurt? Got in yeah. a bike accident. He's paralyzed. He's paralyzed. Are you serious? Yeah. I didn't know that. He's not going to be in Space Jam 3. Oh, my God. Or 2. Well, they could have. Yeah. That was a rush hour reference. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. I did not know that. Motorcycle or bicycle? No, bicycle. So he was oh riding. Or how does a seven-foot person ride? A, I mean, not even seven-foot. That guy was nearly eight-foot tall. Yeah, hike up the seat a lot, I bet. But he was going around a parked car, and then a car passing on the road hit him. It's like, how do you not see a guy who's pure German white and seven foot six? Sean Bradley has to be a, white, a USA name. Is that, He's German is American. German? Okay. Uh, well, He's American. The thing that was surprising to me uh, was that he lived in St. George, which is like, if oh, you've Utah? been to St. George, ooh. Nothing much going on. I have nothing, it's, there's nothing going on. It is vague. It's outside of Vegas, like an hour outside of Vegas. So it's Vegas weather. But also Mormons, so huh. you got nothing going for you. St. <laughs> George sounds like it would be like Connecticut or something. No, it is. It is like the the biggest city in southern Utah. The, it's, it's distribution centers for Walmart and Amazon. The only reason I even know what uh, St. George, where, like where St. George is, is because a good friend of mine, he's a, he's a Mormon guy. He uh, does a used to do a golf tournament in St. George every year at like the whatever month it was, but. So, yeah, that's all I know. Super hot. Uh, well, anyways, I was trying to get to the LeBron injury. Oh, yes, the, the LeBron injury. Uh, a freak accident. Stuff happens, like, all the time. That's always very – it was a very NFL-type play where someone rolls into the back of your leg and you, you hurt your ankle. Um, so, right now, they're saying he's probably going to be out another four weeks. Uh, he didn't – he wasn't able to get any, like, uh, super serum or something this time. Uh, and that's – it's – devastating because Anthony Davis is still not back and no one, no one even wants to talk about it. They're just pretending. No, well, they yeah. said he'll be back uh, like mid April is what they just said. Cause they're playing right now. It's yeah. a good thing the Lakers got off. LeBron might not ever come back. <laughs> it's a good thing. The Lakers got off to a hot start because 
I was even uh, just talking about this the other day. Like it's that team without those two players is not that impressive of a team at all. I mean, as we know, they're playing the 76ers right now, so that'll be a that's going to be a tough matchup. They're without Embiid, also. Yeah, and uh, but the Sixers still have a few. You know, they yeah, still have Ben Simmons, Harris. Still, so. Yeah, they they find a way to make it happen. They've got the better coach, but I think uh, I mean the Lakers. If they're not careful, because like, again, we're on a shorter season. I mean, even when LeBron and Davis come back, I mean, you're going to be looking at like maybe a week left in the season whenever they play together again, and uh, it's it's very possible the Lakers. I mean, again, I don't really. I'm kind of going with the flow here because I haven't really looked at uh, the standings recently, but I believe the Lakers could definitely, if they drop to like a five, six seed, all of a sudden you lose being home in the first round. And then you already can, you can basically at this point kiss being home in the second round. Goodbye. And uh, it's, that's not going to be easy. I mean, you know, it seems like, you know, they're not going to be in a mutual bubble this year or neutral bubble. I mean, they're going to be in a, uh, on the road. And, and I mean, I imagine by that time too, more arenas, especially because it'll be for the playoffs. They'll find a way to allow fans if they're not allowing fans right now. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. But uh, I was also told, I don't know if I'm right, but that that LeBron injury, they said that it was, I mean, I, I know it was just a high ankle sprain, but they said if I, someone at my work was telling me that because his legs are so strong and stuff that if it was a normal person, that it actually would have like snapped his, leg or his ankle no, really. or something like that. It actually, like the way he a twisted it would have actually like the average person, it would have actually like broke their bone. Like the way, I guess they were saying the way it did for Gordon Hayward or something, but because LeBron's a freak of nature that Animal, he yeah. it just was a sprain, but that's also probably just like Illuminati blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and obviously the, the other concern is that LeBron is 36, What it's yeah. gotta be harder to come back from injuries now, but also it's LeBron. So, we don't know until it all happens. He's um, gonna play till he's forty-four. Yeah, I mean Tom Brady's setting the the standard there. Exactly. Um, well, this kind of leaves the door open now for Giannis to win a third straight MVP because the Bucks have been playing really well. He's been playing uh, crazy since like February, um, and I don't know if no one wants to vote for him again until the Bucks actually do something in the playoffs. But they're playing really well and. I don't know who the other contenders. I think Jokic, I like him a lot as an MVP contender now, but I don't know. It's wide open. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm doing a fantasy basketball for the first time this year, and uh, Jokic is actually, I know he's number one in fantasy points, and then I think Makes Giannis sense. is two, and then I have Doncic, who's number three, and everybody and their mother tries to trade me every week for Doncic, and I always tell them no. And I probably have actually gotten some good trade requests for him, but Trey Young on and to Cam him. Reddish. I already have a couple Hawks on my team. That Actually, was, now I have three Hawks. That was the trade are, two years ago. Oh, it was? That's how they... Oh, shit, that is how they got him. Well, they... Actually, I mean, it's... I mean, yes, we can say that's a foolish trade because we can't compare Trey Young to Doncic, but at the same time, how it's did... Trey Young thing. hasn't been... Exactly. It's not like Trey Young has been like a bus. It wasn't like he was Okafor or something like that. Yeah. Well, uh, you ready for the trade deadline deals? Well, where we will talk more we about get some there, of these teams. I need to ask... I haven't been watching a whole lot, but what the hell happened to NBA on TNT? That who's like Carson Daly is on yeah. there? Like what the no, hell is because that? The, because all those other guys are doing the tournament, they have to put in the B team. Uh, uh, what's his face? Is uh, who's the guy who always goes bang? Marv Albert is that Marv Albert or no? no that's that's uh, Mike Breen, the ABC Mike Breen. guy. But he's he's been doing some of the. Has he not been doing the college? You're probably ones? thinking of Harlan. Harlan does the college. Okay, what's but he does name? the TNT. Yeah. Kevin Harlan does the TNT NBA games, but, but he's who, doing the tournament. But who says bang? That's Mike Breen. 
He's not doing the tournament. Okay. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because I looked and I was like, "What the hell yeah. is going on here? Who who are these people?" Okay. Yeah, uh, I think it's was Candace Parker was there. Yeah. Uh, Shaq, they they leave at home. They don't want him to do well, the tournament. They have the one guy there too that's like with Bleacher Report. Yeah, uh, Adam, Adam Lafoe or something yeah. like that. He's or, annoying. I don't know. Yeah, he is kind of annoying. I mean, he always gives He's up. He's wearing most- a gold turtleneck and a blazer today. It's like, get the hell he, out of here. He always gives the random like prop bets that no one asks for. Like the other day, it was like, yeah, and- all right, who's going to have the most three pointers today? Is it Danny Green, Shock, Shake Milton, or the field? And it's like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> he literally yeah. just did that for the Laker game. He's like, <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but he's like. I'm going to bang out this one for my bet. And then back to you. Like no one asked dickhead. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you for answering that. Andy. let's get back to the, uh, the trades. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with some of the smaller ones first uh, before we get to the, the big name ones. But, uh, uh, Norman Powell is going to the blazers for Gary Trent jr. Uh, Rodney hood. Um, I think Norman Powell is better. I, I, so. Are we going to say who wins? Who won these trades? I mean, if you want, I, I think. So I think. I think. To, uh, honestly, that's a tough one to say because Rodney Hood's just irrelevant here. So it's yeah. basically Norman Powell versus Gary Trent, and I'm a big Gary Trent fan. But it's it's always hard to tell because I think it goes with who you're with, also. So Portland's a more up tempo, like they higher scoring type team. So, I mean, I think what Norman Powell has done with the Blazers is more, I mean, with the Raptors is more impressive. I think Norman Powell will come to Portland and do exactly what Gary Trent did, if not more. So I'll say getting Norman Powell was a little bit better, but not by much. I think they're pretty like, like if this was a voting thing, I'd say it was like 55, 45. Like it's definitely close. I don't think anybody, I think the better thing is to say nobody lost that trade. That was a, that was a fair trade. All right. All right. (laughs) Well, the next one, uh, Nemanja Jalika is uh, leaving the Kings, going to Miami for Mo Harkless and Chris Silva. This was just basically uh, a dump. Miami's getting a more useful player than Mo Harkless in this case. So uh, it just adds an extra piece for them, but he's not like going to crack their top five or anything. All right. But Miami wants to get back to the final, so they just want to get as many players as they can. They made some other moves that we'll get to. Uh, next up, DeLon Wright going to the Kings from the Pistons for Corey Joseph in two seconds. That was two ir- irrelevant teams. Uh, so it's kind of strange yeah. uh, that they, they made a deal, but you know these teams do want to set themselves up for the future. All right, my team made a deal. So this next trade, I'm not going to – I'll let Andy say it, but it is kind of funny because – it goes back to a little bit of a story that happened in the summer when there was a, when they were in the bubble and this player decided to leave to go to this city to go to a strip club. And now he gets to go to this city. So Andy, since it's your team, I'll let you take it from here. Yeah. Rajon Rondo is going to the Clippers. Uh, they tried to get him this, this off season, but he decided to sign with Atlanta and now they finally got him. Uh, but they traded Lou Williams and two second round picks for him. Uh, so yeah, Lou Williams famously, went to a strip club in Atlanta during the bubble to get some wings, of course. And uh, he he was suspended for a game or something, but uh, he's from Atlanta. So the Clippers wanted to – He's played for Atlanta before too, right? I think he did for like a season or two. I I think this is a good trade for both teams because it just didn't – Lou Williams is a great player off the bench. He's won a handful of six-man-of-the-year trophies. Not anymore. No, that's what I was going to get to. He wasn't a good fit anymore, though, for the Clippers off the bench. He wasn't being productive – 
So what I'm saying is I think he can go to Atlanta and be productive because that seems like a team where he can come off the bench and they'll let him shoot his 15 shots and run away. And I think Rondo is a good fit for the Clippers because he brings that veteran leadership. He's a guy that's won a couple rings now. He's a, a veteran. He plays hard defense just like Beverly, or at least he used to. I don't know if he still does, but he's a competitor. And nonetheless, he gets under your skin the way Beverly does. So I think that's the kind of player the Clippers – like I think it's a good I think it's a good fit for both teams. I think Lou Williams going to the Hawks is good for Lou Williams. I think Rondo going to the Clippers is good for Rondo. Because at the end of the day, too, Rondo's a veteran. He needs to be on playoff teams like that are going to actually compete and have a chance to win a title. Yeah, he gets disinterested otherwise. Uh, but yeah, for Lou, the Clippers wanted to trade him somewhere to, that he'd play for because he has threatened to retire um, if he got traded. But the Hawks, that's in Atlanta, that's his home, so. Uh, I think he will finish out the season for him, and then I think he'll just retire at the end of this season. He's he's less and less effective because he's he's so bad at defense that if he's not finishing at the rim and he's not hitting threes, he's just uh, not very playable. So it, w- it was a good move, but it was a sad a sad day because he uh, did a lot for the, the team over the years. Yeah, crazy. All right, we got a uh, another a trade of white guys. Um, <laughs> It was it was a bigger trade than this, but kind of the headline was uh, Mo Wagner going to the Celtics uh, and Daniel Tice going to the Bulls. Now, the Wizards were involved because they, that's who actually Mo Wagner played for. But uh, you know, it was a bunch of little pieces. Uh, but that's basically the Celtics wanted, I guess, an upgrade there um, from the uh, the former Michigan star. Who, uh, if you've been watching Michigan in this year's tournament, they have a different one. Uh, his brother, I imagine. Yes. Right? Okay. <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. Yes. Uh, I don't know if that's a difference maker, but the Celtics uh, will come up a little later as well. Uh, the next deal I have here, George Hill to the Sixers. Um, the Sixers are sending two second round picks, but it's all being all this stuff's been routed through the Knicks because funny enough, the players that the Sixers wanted to trade, they already received in a trade from Oklahoma City and they couldn't trade them back for some weird rules. Uh, but yeah, the, basically, George Hill is a veteran point guard. He's going to join the Sixers, so uh, he's there for their their championship run here. So that's uh, an upgrade because they didn't really have to give up anyone who was contributing. So not bad. All right, so back to Celtics now. They acquired Evan Fournier for two second round picks. Uh, so that's not a lot to give up for a good scorer. He can go do that Gordon Hayward role from last year. Where that was always Gordon Hayward was always overqualified as that kind of like scorer, you know, third best player on that team. Um, but it seems like the Celtics have missed that, so uh, he'll he'll help. I don't know if it's going to make all the difference for the Celtics and get them back into contention, but he he can have some really good games. Yeah, it's always nice to have. A, I mean, that's just how shooters are. You know, they're they're streaky. It's like they can have those games where Fournier goes seven of nine from three, or he can have one of those games where he goes two for eight from three and it's you know it just depends but at least the good thing is is he's the last person on the court they're going to be watching most of the time because you have tatum you have smart you have brown you have kemba walker so when that happens i think you know he gets more open looks you know when in orlando he could have been one of the you know top three guys for sure that you're watching when he's on the court so i think it'll be good for fournier it'll be good to actually see him on a playoff team see if he can be one of those guys that can hit that big three late in a game in the playoffs or whatnot so it's good for him. 
All right, next one I have up here. This is the last of the uh, small deals in my mind. Uh, and you, you mentioned it before. J.J. Redick and uh, Nico Melli are going to the Mavericks. Uh, those are very, very Maverick-type deals. Uh, <laughs> a shooter, a white shooter, and a European guy. Uh, makes perfect sense. Uh, James Johnson and a second-round pick are going out to New Orleans. So this is uh, – J.J. never fit there with New Orleans. It, it seemed like it was going to be a good fit, but it never really worked out. Was this his first year or second? Second year. So yeah. – uh, now he's going to go somewhere where I think uh, they'll find a better use for him. Uh, they traded Seth Curry Ooh. this past offseason, so now they got a good shooter back. Is this uh, was this the uh, Van Gundy's first or second year with uh, New Orleans? This is just the first. So I mean, I feel like there was you know yeah, kept him there. They played with each other before in Orlando, back when JJ was in his prime, and that Orlando team that went to the finals yeah, against prime the Lakers. was twenty fifteen. His prime was actually honestly probably a Duke, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> if we're being really honest here, but. I think he still has some records over there, but, but anyway, yeah, no, it's a, uh, I mean, whatever, but it, like you said, it's so true. It is JJ Redick is a Mavericks guy because it's like, it's the, the Mavericks were struggling this year with three point shooting from what I remember a few weeks ago. I don't know if it's still the case, but JJ at least does bring that. He's a veteran. He brings a good shot from outside. So we'll see. I mean, Dallas is a, in my mind, they're still a fun team to watch. I mean, they got Porzingis who's always great. And then Luca. So yeah, I like watching them. They've been yeah, they they've been better watch. recently. Yeah, they uh, had a big win last night. You know, beat up Minnesota, which isn't that difficult yeah. to do, but still, they did it. Okay, now these next uh, three trades involve All Star caliber players, I think, or at least uh, dunk contest winning caliber players. Uh, first one: Victor Oladipo going to the Heat for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a pick swap. So who had Victor Oladipo over two and a half teams he'd play for this year? It's, it's incredible. <laughs> uh, when, now when you look back at the James Harden trade, it looks pretty oh. awful. Yeah, oh yeah. Because they got they got Karis LeVert was the like prime player that they got back. Immediately Houston flipped lost him. that deal big yeah, time. Yeah, immediately flipped him for Oladipo, who now they've traded for uh, Avery Bradley, who they said they're going to release – uh, Olinick, who is nothing worth anything. Yeah. And then the pick swap is one of the picks from Brooklyn they can swap with Miami. So if Brooklyn's pick in 23 is worse than Miami's pick in 2023, they can swap it out, which is like they're probably both going to be good teams. So it's going to be irrelevant. That's not even worth anything. So they got nothing out of this deal. Uh, I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> Team is bad. Yeah, that seems pretty. Uh... Terrible for them. They should have lost 40 in a row. <laughs> okay, well, the next. This is a good one. This is Yeah, this is the one involving the team most likely to compete. Aaron Gordon is going to the Nuggets for uh, Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a future first rounder. So only Harris really plays for them. Yeah, so. and, and, the, and that's what I was going to say really quick is Gary Harris, the problem with him was he's, he's been injured too much. He's been hurt too much. And when he was on the court for a while, it was like a, like a year or two ago, he was productive. And then all of a sudden, he just kept getting hurt. And I think that's when Jamal Murray just took over and then obviously Jokic. But so, you know, unfortunately, it was time for Harris to go. He didn't fit that in that offense really much anymore because he was just always hurt. And now you get Aaron Gordon, who he's an exciting player. and He can produce for them. And it gives another guy that you have to watch out for on the court. And that's another thing as us, uh, you know, as for the Lakers, that they're going to be in trouble when teams like the Nuggets are getting stronger, who is just another team to have to watch in the West. So it's a, it was a good move for the Nuggets today. That was, it's good to see those teams that nobody really thinks of that could win a championship 
go out and actually I think say, about hey, them, we can. Yeah. No, no, but I'm saying like yeah. most people, like if you were to look at their odds right now, I imagine they're still, they're at least like 15 or 20 to one. Okay. Well, the last one we got here, uh, Nikola Vucevic going to the Bulls for Wendell Car- Carter, uh, Otto Porter, and two future firsts. So uh, Carter was a top 10 pick, but hasn't really produced for the Bulls like they've thought. And so they, uh, they got a big upgrade here now at center. Uh, Vooch is uh, an all-star. He's been around forever, though. He's still young, but he's. Uh, I saw that he he played with Demar Derozan and Taj Gibson at USC, and like those guys seem like they're ancient. Yeah, Vooch still seems pretty good. Um, also, he was uh, Orlando won the Dwight Howard trade all those years ago because he was kind of a throw-in to Orlando in that deal. And all these years later, he played for them for almost a full decade, and now they uh, were able to trade him to get some future value. So uh, Orlando is clearly, uh, you know, dumping everyone. They just they just traded maybe their three best players, or at least their three best players that are still healthy right now. Well, and that so. was the funny thing too, is because going into yesterday, Orlando was ten point underdogs against the Phoenix Suns, who have been one of the hotter teams in basketball, and they said they were unsure about that game because they knew. Orlando was going to be trading everybody and Orlando yesterday actually competed with the Suns. I don't know if they ended up winning the game. They did win the game. Orlando beat Phoenix yesterday by one point as 10 point dogs. And it was, they knew everybody was about to get traded and they ended up coming out and did well. Vucevic had 27 points in his last game as a magic. Gordon had 13 points in his last game. Fournier had 21 points. So all those guys played their last good game as an Orlando Magic and beat a very good Phoenix Suns team and then went on with their lives. Yeah, and they wanted to, I think. Yeah, I think they might. Honestly, you know what I like about that? It was like they they probably knew they were getting traded. I bet you out of all three of them, I bet you at least a couple knew for sure. And they went out there and they played tough. All three of them had, especially Vucevic and Fournier, had good games. They beat a very good Suns team at home, and they basically just gave – the fans who were virtually watching or whatever. Uh, actually, never mind. That's in Orlando. They were probably sold out. But. Yeah, full full stadium. Yeah. <laughs> they have the monorail from Disneyland goes right into it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, well, the Magic has something to build on because they uh, Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz haven't played this year. Or Fultz did play a little bit, but they're, they're both out for the year. And uh, we'll be back next year with some more picks. So, uh, But I think – the biggest story of the trade deadline might be what didn't happen. Kyle Lowry was not traded. He was heavily rumored to a yeah. bunch of teams. Of course, everyone would be interested in this guy. You know, championship player, super tough, great leader. Uh, the Sixers really wanted him badly. The Lakers wanted him badly. And uh, in the end, Toronto didn't get an offer they liked, and they they held on to him. Uh, but it's – I think it's crazy. It's like they – Maybe screwed over some of these teams because the rumor was that the Lakers were uh, willing to trade uh, Harrell and um, Schroeder, but not Taylor Horton Tucker. That's what that's what they refused to draw do. the line somewhere. Um, but what does that mean for those guys? Uh, I know Trez is very emotional. Uh, are they going to like knowing that they were you know they're on the chopping block? That's kind of uh, that's what LeBron, LeBron does. It's like. Yeah, I feel like we just uh, even, had this with, you know, half the team. They, yeah, they just shipped out half of a championship winning team this offseason and brought in these new guys. And it's like, well, we'll we'll gladly get rid of you if we can bring in someone better. Uh, and maybe that's the attitude you need to, to have to win championships. But uh, what is that going to do for them this year? Are those guys going to not be as good now? I don't know. 
the way you look at it is it's still it's still time for you to earn your keep. So if they can yeah, snap up, they probably have another, you know, their spot back for them next year. They're both uh, potential free agents at the end of the year. And uh, Schroeder has been asking for over 20 million a year and the Lakers have not been uh, willing to do that. 20 so. million euro. <laughs> so that's more. What if that was the confusion? That's why <laughs> like, we're really not doing that. Ridiculous. They gave him twenty million. He's like, no, 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 no. I, I wanted twenty-two million or whatever. The first the asked is. for Deutschmarks. <laughs> like, we can't even get that. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, uh, yeah. And then same thing with Philly. I don't, I don't know who was on the table there in that deal. I don't know who they could really ship out there, but uh, <laughs> clear they really wanted him. And I don't know. I guess they're all they're all pros here. They they'll get over it. Uh, and then the other the other former All-Star involved in this whole deal, uh, Marcus Aldridge was not traded, but he has agreed to a buyout with the Spurs. Uh, so his time there is done. He's he's old now, but he maybe could still contribute somewhere. Uh, the rumor is he's going to Miami. I don't know. I don't think I've even watched a second of a Marcus Aldridge in like two years. He's been so irrelevant. The yeah. Spurs teams are – Solid didn't, still. Andy, didn't you and I go to the Clippers Spurs game last year? No. no. Oh, we did Spurs Heat. Oh, wait, Clippers no. Heat. Clippers Heat. <laughs> In LA. <laughs> I saw the you saw both games. I saw the Heat. Yeah. Game. Maybe okay. maybe the game maybe you saw this. You know Spurs. what? Yeah, I saw the Spurs from three uh three rows back. Yeah. I think that was if I'm not mistaken, that was a pretty good game, wasn't it? Was it was a great game. I yeah. have a video of uh, George doing a, a step back, uh, crossover step back three with like a you know a minute left to basically win the game. Yeah, I think I, I actually do remember that. That's crazy. That was I mean that wasn't too long ago. That was right before life started taking a turn. Yeah, I actually listened to uh, the episode recently. I think when you actually did talk about your uh, moment out there with the Clippers, my ten day contract. Got, yeah, when you got to shoot hoops there and whatnot. I like to say that was the last time I ever played basketball. Sure, I played uh, at the gym the day I got home from Portland, and then the following day they shut down the world. But yeah, like you know what's funny about center. that is I was literally just saying the other day to somebody how I was like, oh, I want to start playing basketball again in the mornings because I was saying how there was that good stretch uh, in like January, February, and a little bit of March last year when you, me, and uh, producer Luke were going over to the local middle school over there like around – three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon and playing some shooting some hoops for about an hour or so and then yeah. going back and you'd see the little league teams practicing and it looked like there was gonna be a normal year and then unfortunately everything took a very wicked turn. That it did. Are we are we uh covered on the uh trades? Are we ready for March Madness? I believe we are, yeah. I think we're gonna move on to college basketball and what I wanted to do, I was telling Andy earlier but I was uh, saying that I'd like to, for college basketball, like give out who we think could win. But if Andy wants to, I would even say like maybe even like how we used to do with football and stuff, maybe even give like just a spread pick for every game and maybe just just say who we think our final four is going to be and then what the finals is going to be and whatnot. So I think that'd be good because this has been a very exciting college basketball year so far. I mean, we have a, an 11 seed still left. We have a 15 seed still left. We have a 12 seed left. We have an and we have an eight seed left. So it's you know we've got a 
and another 11 seed left. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, and, and then for us Southern California people, we've got our USC and UCLA still in it, which is exciting. I mean, it's, it's, that's the beauty of the madness is just, you get to see these teams. So we can, I guess we could, should we start off with, uh, the games on what, what day are the games on this week? So the, the weekend, Saturday and yeah. Sunday. Saturday and Saturday. And so then we, Monday and Tuesday is the, uh, the next games. So should we start with the Saturday yeah. games? We'll go, should uh, we just go in order? Well, from- well, before I do, I do want to talk about what, what's happened so far. Okay. Yeah, we just said there's a lot of high seats remaining. Uh, I think the story so far of the tournament is the Pac-12, which still has four teams out of the 16 left, uh, but not yeah. thought of as a very good conference. Uh, but Bill Walton picked – he picked the Final Four to feature five t- Pac-12 teams this year. Okay, how did he do that? Uh, he said that Oregon and USC would uh, meet in the third round. And wow. they are. Wow, that's impressive. And that they would go into like multiple overtimes and that they would and be forced just... to just move both teams on. And you know what's so funny is that's, uh-huh. that is Bill Walton, dude. Anybody that listens to Bill Walton announce, it is a treat. He is always in a different planet. And he always makes fun of the one little guy that has the glasses that he always announces with. I forget his name, but he looks interesting. But so it's like they're going to hit, you know, like six overtimes. And by that seventh, they're just going to say, that's it. We, we don't know what to do. This has never happened before. Yeah. And sorry, really quick. Andy and I are looking at these basketball scores. Basketball is such a funny game now in the NBA. There's 10 minutes to go in the third quarter and Sacramento has 79 points on Golden State, who also has 65, which is also pretty good. And But surprisingly, the Lakers tied up with the Philadelphia Sixers at halftime. I look forward to watching the second half. Wow, some random guy on the Kings is five of six from three. It's Halliburton. He's good. Yeah, well, still random. (laughs) But anyway, shall we get into the madness, or did you? Uh, oh, the, the last thing I just want to yeah. say. So it's the first game uh, on Saturday, anyways. Uh, Loyola, Loyola, Chicago, what a story again. Uh, yeah. They were severely underseeded, according to a lot of uh, smart like data people, saying like this team was actually really good, but they gave them a bad seed. And then they did the shitty thing. They made them play the in-state big guys in the second round, and, of course, they went up upsetting Illinois. Yeah, which I know you were talking about was a team that you liked. So, so I yeah, I, I have mean, family went to Illinois. Oh, I also have family went to Loyola. So oh, here we go. Uh, that's torn. an interesting thing there. Uh, I mean, my family's from Chicago. They're not from <laughs> Central Illinois, but you know. Uh, so, do we want to do just yeah. who we think is going to advance, or do you want to bet on this or pick on the spread in this game? Like, give the people who are listening like what we think they should bet on. If, if you want, we do can that, do both. If you want to do it, I'm, I'm not as confident. I'm down. I'll do both. Uh, you know, a lot of these, say, a lot of these lines are. are Kind of big. Yeah, I know. So we'll start with Oregon State, Loyola, Chicago, which honestly is probably my favorite matchup of the weekend just because these are two teams that you have to love right now. I mean, you got Loyola, Chicago. They're bringing back Sister Jean. They bar- they unburied her. They said, hey, lady, you got to come back. She's oh, 101 wow. years old, yeah. which is impressive. And then they got the undercover cop on their team. Oh, Bro. yeah. Fucking uh, – what's the guy's name from Super Troopers? Why am I <laughs> – Harvard. Harvard, yeah. They have cr- That's cr- honestly cr- incredible. Uh, this kid on there who's just – It's incredible. You know, he looks like a guy who should wear a T-shirt under his jersey. Yeah. So he looks like me when I wear a basketball he, jersey. He looks like he was the smelly kid in like ninth grade – like eighth grade PE or something. Like it's just incredible. But – and it's 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 funny because it's like you can't not cheer for Loyola Chicago. They were the story two years – was it two years ago now? Yeah. They were the story two years ago when they got to the Elite Eight. And honestly, like – According to the spread, which they're favored by seven, they should get to the Elite Eight again. But then at the same time, it's like, well, wait a minute, though. 
How can you not want to cheer for Oregon State? Picked dead last to finish in the Pac-12. The only way they were going to make this tournament was winning the Pac-12 tournament, which they did. And then you're thinking, okay, well, it's a fluke. And then it's like, no, they beat the shit out of Tennessee. They didn't just beat Tennessee. They beat the shit out of Tennessee. And then they go play Cade Cunningham, who's the, supposed to be the number one pick in Oklahoma State, beat them fairly easily. And now here they are against Loyola Chicago catching seven points. If I'm betting this game, I would say Oregon State. I would. I, it's just tough for me to not take Oregon State catching seven points. I just think they're playing too well right now. But I think Loyola Chicago does win this game. I think they are too strong. I mean, I think the fact that they beat uh, – Illinois pretty handedly is impressive because Illinois was one of those teams that I thought was going to definitely get to the final four. And I thought they were going to be able to possibly even win this whole thing. I thought they just had a great, I thought they had good depth. They had good guards. They had that good, uh, big guy down low with Cockburn and they just weren't able to do it. But seven points seems like too much because especially in the madness, you get these teams that are, they're hungry and they're playing well, especially like in the teams that nobody believes in. And that's an Oregon state team. So you got two teams that, really are shocking the world. And one of those teams has to get to the elite eight, which is exciting. So if you had to bet this game, I would, I would personally take Oregon state catching seven points. I just think it'll be a competitive game, but I don't know. My heart still wants Loyola Chicago to move on. It's like, how can you not like little sister Jean and everything she does? But I just think it'll be a game that comes down to the last couple of possessions, maybe some free throws, but I'd be shocked if the way Oregon state's playing with their momentum right now, if Loyola Chicago just absolutely beat the shit out of them. But you never know. I kind of agree with you that they'll not cover the spread, but they'll win. Yeah. Yeah, just seven points seems like a lot. I mean, it's just – and the, like if this was against UCLA or something, I would say okay. But I just Oregon State, it's just like they're they're playing that type of basketball right now where it's like nobody believes in them, but they believe in themselves, and they just keep winning. And those types of teams are dangerous. And I mean, that's how Loyola Chicago was a couple of years ago. That's how VCU was many moons ago. That's how Butler was when they got in, and it's like – it's not like they're playing their typical team where it's like that's, you know, usually pretty good that Loyola Chicago is just going to keep upsetting. It's like, no, now it's Oregon State's turn to be the team that's upsetting teams. But I don't know. We'll see. It should be a good game nonetheless, and it's the perfect way to start off that day. I mean, it's the 11.40 a.m. Pacific game, so that's a perfect way to start your Saturday, in my opinion. And I like that they uh, have done this weird schedule this year. Yeah, uh, more games on the weekend. Um Usually they do Thursday and Friday or those first opening rounds and you're always at work and you miss everything. And then um, well, I'm still I'm rooting for Loyola here. Um, I feel like we should uh, go through quicker on. This yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> next ones. Uh, oh, I think we will. I think yeah. that was just like that was the, the big that's a fun up. one. Yeah. So the next the next one up, Baylor and Villanova, you know, you have to love Jay Wright. He's great. But I think Baylor ba- Baylor is clearly the, at least the second best team left in this tournament. Yeah, yeah by far. Great. I think I would Baylor's seven and a half point favorites. I would take that Villanova is, I honestly think lucky to even be this far. They lost one of their best players, Connor Gillespie early on, and they didn't look that good. And a lot of people thought they were going to get upset by Winthrop in the first round, but they beat them. And then they got to play North Texas. So when you look at Villanova so far, they've played nobody in the tournament. They've played Winthrop. They've played North Texas, but now they get to play Baylor. Baylor's seven and a half point favorites. I would honestly, if you're going to bet this game, I'd bet it sooner than later because I think that line is going to continue to go up and I think Baylor wins this game by double digits. I mean, in my opinion, Wisconsin's better than Villanova and, you know, Baylor took care yeah. of them fairly easily. Uh, then we got Oral Roberts. Oh, yeah, the 15 seed. It's just, it's, we always get one of these teams. We're over here talking about Oregon State, Loyola, Chicago, 
But it's Oral Roberts, the well, we 15th don't, seed. We don't always get it. It's only the second time this has happened. So Yeah, uh, that's true. It's, they, they make the tournament a lot, and it always puts a smile on my face because I think we're all juveniles here, and you hear uh, <laughs> It was a uh, – never mind. I can't even say what I want to say because we have a buddy of ours whose last name is Roberts, and let's just say it got brought up in conversation, and it was – I won't say it for the podcast, but it was pretty funny what he responded with when we said something to him about this. <laughs> Yeah, well, they're they're playing uh, Arkansas, which uh, SEC is like a good basketball conference again. It's it's weird, but they have yeah. uh, multiple teams left uh, still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough because Arkansas is favored by eleven, and again, it just seems like is that too many points? I mean, yeah, it's Oral high. Roberts is the number one free throw shooting team in the nation, which is impressive. And honestly, like if if I was betting this game, I would actually think maybe you look at the maybe you look at the total. I mean, it's one fifty nine, which is the highest total of the weekend, I believe. And uh, it is for good reason. Arkansas usually puts up points, and I think Oral Roberts has shown that they can compete with people. I mean, they beat Ohio State, and then they went and beat Florida. And you know, I think uh, there's no reason why they can't compete with Arkansas. I think eleven points is too much. I think I think a lot of the public money is going to be on Oral Roberts. So I think when Tomorrow and Saturday morning come across, I think that line actually might start going down because I think everybody is going to say, oh, Oral Roberts, Oral Roberts. So if you like Arkansas, I would personally wait. But if you like Oral Roberts, I would jump on it now because I think it's going to go the other way eventually. Here, here. Right, I, I don't know if I have much to say on this game. Uh, I'm not rooting for Oral Roberts. I don't love their story. <laughs> uh, it'd be fun. Arkansas, I'm sure, hasn't been in a, since like the 90s. Uh, you know, so this would be fun to have them have a, a run here. Uh, next, next up, so at uh, seven o'clock, we have Syracuse and Houston. And doesn't everyone just hate Syracuse at this point? <laughs> so it's so I, annoying. I uh, so this is a game that I actually this is going to be bold, but I think not only does uh, Syracuse is catching six and a half points. Not only do I think Syracuse is going to cover, I think Syracuse is going to pull off the outright upset. And I just believe that because... And then Buddy Beheim dies and <laughs> okay. just all worth it. Jeez, I'm going to say Andy. Don't you hate the existence of him? I don't even really know what he looks like. But... Yeah, I don't. Well, just the idea that it reminds you that Jim Beheim uh, had, a, had a child when he was like 60 years old. How old is Jim Beheim now? He's almost 80. Is he? Yeah. Damn, that is crazy. Also, Jim Beheim like killed a family, didn't he? Yeah, that also happened too. But that's but, uh, not why you hate him. <laughs> none of that, though. Honestly, just with Houston, they're in what conference are they in? Like the American or something like that? Yeah. And they just, they honestly should not have even beat Rutgers. I mean, they came back. It was a good comeback, but the, and, uh, Syracuse is just, I watched them a little bit in the tournament and they, they played a good tournament. I think they got, they lost in, like the third round or something, but they still played a good tournament. And I think they're going to give Houston a good game. And they've got that like uh, Eastern European guy. Yeah, so Syracuse is one of those teams that, like, for people out there, I'm just going to say this really quick that are looking to bet, like, because we've been talking about these just these spread games. But if you look at like the total, like, who's going to win the tournament? You've got you want to honestly a team like Syracuse. So Oregon State, Loyola, Chicago, Syracuse, and Houston are the only four teams left that would only that would have to go through Gonzaga in the finals. So honestly. I mean, we haven't gotten to Gonzaga yet, but we will. But Gonzaga is the clear-cut number one. So I think one of those four teams has value to win it all. And you've got – because one of those four teams has to be in the finals. So 
Yeah. Right. Well, let's 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 wait. Pick never our, mind. I'm wrong about that. Let's pick our regional winners. They have here. to go through Baylor because this this day is the South and the Midwest uh, region. So in the Midwest region, we got Oregon State and Loyola, and we've got uh, Syracuse and Houston. What I meant was one of those four teams has to go to the Final Four. Yeah. So, but wouldn't have to face Gonzaga to the finals. I'm picking Loyola Chicago here to go to the Final Four. So, honestly, I'm actually I'm I'm just gonna go with what I actually have written down. I'm gonna actually go with Syracuse. All right. I think Syracuse is going to upset Houston, and I think they'll play Oregon State or Chicago. And I think, you know, I'm just saying I think they'll beat that, but I would be happy if Loyola Chicago went. And Loyola Chicago, Vegas is afraid of Loyola Chicago because Loyola Chicago is only 15. Let me just put it this way. Loyola Chicago is 15 to 1 to win the tournament, and uh, Syracuse is 50 to 1, and Oregon State is 55 to 1. And then you've got Houston at like 8.5 to 1, but Houston's a two-seed. So Vegas is, is afraid of Loyola Chicago. There is real like fear that like Loyola Chicago could do it because realistically you would still think Loyola Chicago should be like 30 to one. I mean, there's still Baylor over there. There's yeah. still, but I don't know, or maybe not 30 to one, but at least like, like 20, the, 25. They might be like the fourth or fifth best team left. Yeah. Uh, so then, so in the South region, we got Baylor, Villanova, Villanova, Oral Roberts in Arkansas. Um, I'm, I'm going with Baylor. I would imagine everyone else is right. Yeah. yeah. Baylor's uh, yeah. Baylor, just, Baylor's just representing better. that. Although once you say that, then they're going to lose. So. Yeah, we'll see. It's been a crazy tournament. Nothing would surprise me. All right, so on Sunday, we got uh, started off early. Gonzaga, Creighton. Gonzaga. Uh, Gonzaga favored by 13. Uh, Seems not, not a little low, though, honestly. Yeah, it's not that surprising. Creighton, Creighton is a very good team, but they don't – it just doesn't seem like they put it all together. And Gonzaga just – the one thing I noticed about Gonzaga was against Oklahoma – was Oklahoma started off the game really hot. They scored 16 points in the first, like, four minutes, four and a half minutes. They came out hot, and Gonzaga kept with them. And then within 10 minutes, all of a sudden, you blink, and Gonzaga's up by four. And it's like, they just, you know, Oklahoma played as well as they could have for the first, like, 10 minutes of that game. They still found themselves, like, pretty much losing or behind. And they, uh, you know, Gonzaga ended up running away with it, got up by as much as, like, 19, ended up, like, I think ended up covering the spread barely. I think they were 15-point favorites or something like that, and they won the game by 16, something like that. But it was a, it was a close game. I mean, not a close game. Gonzaga dominated Oklahoma, even though Oklahoma played perfect. Creighton has just showed too many times this year that they just don't play good basketball. I mean, they lost to Georgetown in the in their conference championship game and only scored like 46 points or something like that. So – you know, the Creighton, Creighton has the skill to upset Gonzaga, but they will have to play literally perfect basketball, and I just don't think they're going to. So on the spread, I really don't know because if Creighton decides to play decent, I think they could easily cover 13. But if they don't, I mean, I can see Gonzaga winning this game by 20-plus. Yeah. I mean, they're – But I think we both agree Gonzaga's moving on. Yeah. Uh, so the next matchup, Michigan-Florida State. Uh, I'm going to Florida State. I think Michigan's prob- – they're probably a better team. They're number one seed. Uh, but I like – Florida State's program, they've been consistently pretty good for like five years now. So uh, maybe this is the year they uh, make a, a good run. So I would – I mean, I I would say I think Michigan will win, but the fact that Michigan's only favored by two and a half tells me that people – Vegas is afraid of Florida State. They think that, that – to me, that tells me they think Florida State's actually the better team because if you're the number one seed and you're only favored by two points in the Sweet 16, that tells me they, they, they think they're going against a pretty good competition. And I would like to see if it happens. I would like to see Florida. If Florida State does win this game, I would prefer to see Florida State play Gonzaga in the Final Four compared to Alabama, assuming like that happens, because 
Florida State knocked out Gonzaga a couple of years ago, and they said it was because Florida State had that length, they have that size, they have that physicality, and it's teams like that that do bug Gonzaga because the one thing I did notice in the Oklahoma-Gonzaga game was there was a few times where uh, Timmy was down low and he got stuffed a couple times by some of those Oklahoma forwards, and Florida State has even better ones. So it could be a – but that would be a matchup down the road, so you know, let's not get too ahead of ourselves, but – I, I like that pick, though. I like. I think Florida State can upset Michigan. And then at uh, four o'clock, we've got UCLA, Alabama. Uh, UCLA has got a. Uh, they've had a, a fun run so far. Yeah. Uh, that first game was a lot of fun for me against BYU because I got yeah, to actually make that, their first game was really against Michigan State. Yeah, yeah. And that I, was even better game. I forgot that it was happening and I didn't watch it. But <laughs> they they were yeah. down by like fifteen or something early, and they ended up storming back in the second half and took it in overtime and won. So so BYU. But consistently yeah, has these like seven foot white guys. Well, they, and so I made the joke that Greg Ostertag was getting around town 20 oh, years ago. The, the guy you're talking about though, too, is a transfer. I think it's from Purdue. Yeah. Arms. Yeah. I remember watching him at Purdue with uh, the other big guy they had, but they, they, they just turn them out. They just always have these guys. And I'm like, man, what, what was going on there in Utah? Uh, but then UCLA got to play Abilene Christian in the second round. So that was, that was a huge break. And now they have yeah. to finally face these, like an elite team. I think uh, Alabama. I think I think six and a half is a little too low in my opinion. I think Alabama. I think people are a little high on how UCLA has played well, but when you look at it, it's like okay, Michigan State has had their problems this year, and then BYU and Alabama Christian. It's like BYU's. Honestly, I, I think BYU being ranked six was a little nice to BYU. I don't think they were a sixth ranked team in this tournament, and then they got to play Albine Christian who upset Texas. I mean, if that never happened, I don't even think we'd be talking about UCLA right now. UCLA can only beat religious affiliated schools. Yeah. And I think it comes, <laughs> I personally think it comes to an end here. And I honestly think this is one of my favorite spreads of the weekend, honestly, because I think Alabama is just more athletic than UCLA. They're just an all around better team. And I think Alabama wins this game by double digits. Unfortunately. Ouch. Sorry, Andy, I know you're a UCLA guy, but would be unfortunate. I mean, but don't get me wrong. I would like to see, UCLA win this game, but I'm just saying if if I had to bet this game, I would say Alabama ends up winning fairly easily. All right. Well, then last we've got the big Pac-12 matchup. Arguably, probably the best matchup of the weekend. Like it's, it is, it good. should be the best game. I would say it's number six seed USC, seven seed Oregon. Uh, for me, USC has the top line talent. They have the Mobleys, and from watching the games this last week, I found out that their father, who's an assistant coach. Uh, he went to Cal Poly Pomona. So who did the Mobley's father? Who is the Mobley's father? He's an assistant coach. With it's them. not Catino Mobley. It's not Catino Mobley. Oh my god! This whole time I thought it was. No, I've I... been telling people that their dad played in the pros. <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he learned something new every day. I guess. Holy shit! Well, then that makes me not know if USC is going to win this game. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, this game's interesting too because it's like it's a Pac-12 matchup, like we said, and then. It's kind of interesting because I don't know if you know this, Sean, but I'm sure you do. But Oregon advanced in the first round because VCU got COVID and got kicked out. Yeah, technicality. Yeah, so that made them have an extra day to rest, but they still played a very good Iowa team, and it was impressive what they did to Iowa. They put up 98, 97 points or 95 points on Iowa, beat up Iowa, and then – so you look at that, but then – USC went and played Kansas, who, yes, it wasn't Kansas's best team this year, but it was still a decent Kansas team, and they went and beat the shit out of them also. So two very impressive wins by Oregon and USC against two good teams. But, uh, but yeah, I'd have to agree with Andy. I think USC is with the Mobleys and whatnot. I think just more athleticism and 
what and I just think they're going to find their way to sneak into the Elite Eight. But Oregon is a very good team, though, also. But all so. that coaching from Catino, you know, it's going down. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think regardless, that game uh, goes down to uh, goes down to the last couple possessions. I don't think that's going to be a blowout on on any side. All right. So in the West region, we've got Gonzaga, Creighton, USC, and Oregon. I think. I think that uh, was that the final four matchup. No, no that's the region. So, so I think Gonzaga. I think I mean I think Gonzaga wins that region. Yeah. And and I'm definitely rooting for them because it's it's time. It is time. I mean, it's <laughs> just have it. Let because that this is going to be the this is what turns them into Duke. I would say they have to get that one because at this point they're they're just as good as Duke. Yeah. But they just don't have that that championship yet. Um. And as a, as a fan of sports teams that struggle to get that championship, you know. I'm, I feel for them. And this past calendar year is the year for it to happen. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then in the East region, Florida State, Michigan, UCLA, and Alabama. I'm going to Florida State. I already said it. I think I'm going to go. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to go Alabama because I think Alabama definitely gets past UCLA. And I'm even though I agree with you that I think Florida State can beat Michigan, I still think that's still such a toss-up game. And then if Alabama plays Michigan or Florida State, I think that's a good – I think they can win that game. So I think it's going to be my final four is I would say it's going to be Gonzaga, Alabama, Baylor, Syracuse. And I just have a feeling it's going to be Gonzaga, Baylor. But I honestly, I just, no matter what, I'm just with all the experts, if you will, and everybody out there, it just seems like this is Gonzaga's year. I mean, Gonzaga right now is only plus 150 to win the tournament, which is like ridiculous for it being already, the, for it being the sweet 16. And I already have that like low of odds. But it, honestly, it's probably right, though. And, I mean, they're just showing every week that they're just beating teams with ease. And I know a lot of times teams like that don't get the respect they quite deserve because they are in the uh, easier conferences and whatnot. But when you have a good team, you have a good team. And Gonzaga has a good team. And if I'm not mistaken, Jalen Suggs was, like, the number one recruit, I think, or something like that. Or at least he's, he's up one of the there. Top recruits. He'll, he'll probably be a top five pick in the draft. So. And he was also like, I could have sworn I heard it one time that he was also recruited by Ohio State's football team. Yeah, like I was, believe it. Yeah. You know, for probably, I assume, a receiver or yeah, something. Speedy but, receiver. Though. And bocce ball, too. And the bocce ball is one of the Moroccan guys. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm excited for uh, this weekend's uh, game. So I think it's going to be pretty madness. Oh, it will be. Exactly. The madness is going to continue. Well, we only we don't have that many days left in March, so let's get it in now. Yeah. No one likes April madness. All right. Well, anything else to uh, add before we wrap up our sports pod? The only thing I'm going to add is quickly now the Sixers and Lakers game is now a 10-point Sixers lead quickly into the third. And oh, I was wow. just looking at the stats. Danny Green, 6 of 8 from 3. It seems like... He's a little upset maybe that the Lakers yeah. got rid of him and that I know he got a lot of criticism because even though they won the championship, a lot of people were – I know he got a lot of shit because he had that wide open three at the top of the key that could have won them the championship in game five, and he missed. And now he's coming back to L.A. and showing them that, hey, I can still shoot the three-pointer well. He was also in a lot of trade rumors today, so maybe he's like, I'm going to show you guys. Yeah, that's true. So, Plays with chip on the shoulder, but, but Yeah, that'll uh, do it. All right. Well, I think uh, it's been a solid one here. Another uh, hour-long pod, and uh, there's yeah. more baseball to come, so check that out after this. But Yeah, that'll probably go up uh, before the season starts yeah. uh, next week, I think. Yeah, the season starts a week from uh, Thursday, a week from uh, – as we're recording, a week from today, but as you're going to be listening to this, a little a little less than a week away now, which is nice. I'm excited for baseball to come back. Full 162-game season. I think uh, 
it sounds like we'll be allowed to be at Angel Games. Yeah, you can buy tickets right now. All right on. So what I was going to ask really quick, just because you two are both local guys, do we think hanging out at the Budweiser patio will be a thing? Will the Budweiser patio even be open? No, it's definitely not. Yeah. I, I, no, I looked up where you can okay. buy tickets. So that's what I figured The Diamond too, Club is not open. I was yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, uh, for now. So my brother-in-law said like the first month they're not in Diamond Club. But then yeah. after that, like they move back. So I was thinking it'll be interesting because it'll be like when you're actually uh, at an Angel game, it'll feel like uh, in the movie Major League when it was just like they had no fans or like an Angels in the outfield early on. Or like the Miami Marlins. No fans. Then you're going to be there and like, oh my God, there's no fans. And all of a sudden it's going to be like September, October, and all of a sudden the stadium is going to be filled. But we shall see. We yeah. shall see. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap us up for episode 211 of the Tony's Take podcast. I'm Sean and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Thank you. And back in action, Tony Katz. Yes, thank you. It's good to be back. Good to have you back. We'll tune in uh, to our entertainment pod after this, and we'll see you later.